Welcome to True Crime Oddities. Welcome, everyone. You guys are here because apparently you like to listen to us talk about true crime in the past. <laughs> so you're just as weird as we are. Yes, you are. <laughs> We're your hosts. I'm Jen. And I'm Jeannie. And thanks for your eavesdropping on the griddle murder. Yeah, thanks, everyone. It's a little different. Yeah, this one is. Yeah. yeah. Although it's the same. We're going back to 1909. Mm, I know, but at least we're not in New York. Yeah, we're not in New York. Right? <laughs> no, we're close, though. We're going to Clarendon, Pennsylvania. Well, but it's still not New York City. It's not. I'm going to give you a little uh, little history here on Clarendon. Okay. So I thought this was a kind of appropriate. Um, Clarendon is actually known as the Coke capital in the world. And when I say Coke... I'm not talking about soda pop or oh. or drugs. I did not realize this. I had to look it up. I'm talking about Coke as in coal and Coke. So apparently Coke is made by heating coal. Now I'm sure somebody out there can get into the whole scientific mess, you know, like how this is all done or what exactly this even means. Huh. Um, I just went real generically with Google, like what is Coke and coal? Right. Um, but it's used in the steel industry, and there, this town was known for like having steel factories. Yeah, um, it's also known to have the worst air quality and the highest amount of lung cancer. Mm. What it's also known for is being called the city of prayer. Well, I would think it would be if you have a high count of lung cancer people. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. This actually happened a little bit later, though. Mm. It didn't become the city of prayer until 1963. And they did that in a response to the Supreme Court's ruling against prayer in public schools to like kind of like rebel against it. They, oh. You know how like when you go into a city and it has like the town's name like on mm -hmm. a wooden whatever little yeah, the sign. welcome signs. Yeah. So it has like Clarenton city of prayer. Oh, there we and go. And that was like their little like claim thing. to fame. Yeah. Like their thing about that. Interesting. Um, I feel that both really apply to our chat today and we'll yeah. get into why. Um, our oddity for this one is the fact of just the name in itself, a griddle murder. An yep. iron griddle. Yeah. I, like the one you use to cook with, like a cast iron. Yeah, like a cast iron griddle. That's our murder weapon today. Which is nuts because you'd have to have some strength. Those yeah. things are heavy. I thought this was a really um, interesting choice of weapon. Yes. I guess I could say. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to, again, 1909, we're going to be talking about Martin Schulich. Mm -hmm. um, he's... About 30 years old. He immigrated to the uh, the United States when he was about 11 years old from Austria with his family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, this is really common when you're immigrating into the United States as far as the your last name even. Mm -hmm. So there's many forms of Schulich. Um, there's some with like where it ends with a CK or it ends just with a C. There's yeah. also where Shu is taken out of it and it's just Ulich. So there's many forms of the last name. He went with Schulich with the L-I-C-K as the ending part of it. It's almost like they could recreate themselves because I know like. Um, yeah. And how easily it is. Yeah. Because it happened on 
Well, and Jerry's family, my husband. Yeah, your husband, you know, same yeah. way. So, uh, well, I won't say my last name, but <laughs> so they dropped quite a bit of it. Yeah. It was interesting. It was like, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd have that name. <laughs> yeah. You know, I found with my maiden name, mine got longer, not shorter. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I, my last name, my maiden last name is very long. I, there wouldn't have been enough bubbles yeah. to color in on that. So I'm just like, when I started like going down like my little history, I was like, why? Why couldn't you have just kept the short version? Why right. did you have to add all these letters to it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, why, let me tell you, I was grateful that Jerry's grandparents <laughs> dropped. <laughs> well, he is, Martin's married to Catherine, Catherine with a C, Catherine with a K or Katie. Yeah. It just really depends on what type of document you want to look at. Mm-hmm. She's a couple years younger. She's 28. She's also from Austria. Yep. Um, and they got married in January of 1901. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up having three kids. They have Josephine. She's seven. Helen's four. And Emma's one. So yep. not like boom, boom, boom. But, you no. know, a little, a little spacing. Um, Martin's a minor. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about in the very beginning for a steel company, Carnegie. Yeah. Um, and he's also a very religious man. Well, wouldn't you be if you were a minor? And Hence the city of prayer. He yeah. reads the Bible daily. Yes. Uh, all five of them live in a very small little two-room flat. Yeah, it's kind of like there's the kitchen and then there's the living space. Right, which so, includes the bed, yeah. which they all share. Yep. Um, kind of really reminds me of like, you know, the old country... Um, like shows, like, yeah, like not Little House in the Prairie, but kind of like Little House in the Prairie, if you know what I'm referencing, but just like such a small little cottage where it's just like open, yeah. open concept. Yeah. You know what it, they were, it was open concept. Open concept. It was a loft living. It was loft living. Yeah. They had no idea how much that would go for they now. They were trendsetters. Very much so. <laughs> um, Martin and Catherine though, they are not known to have this like great relationship. No, no. You know, having, even having the three kids, uh, their relationship is extremely rocky. Um, it is. Listening more about how Martin is, I'm going to say that the reason why they had three kids is because Martin was very forceful. That's what it sounded like. Not that Catherine was very, like, In loving. No. Yeah. Um, and he was super jealous of Catherine. Very much so. Like, everybody knew. Everybody and, you know, because I had read about, like, how everyone loved Catherine, but nobody liked Martin. Yeah, not at all. No, he was not a nice, not a nice man. Yeah, their arguments could be heard constantly yeah. from all the neighbors. Um, it seemed like, it, it didn't really seem like anything that she did was going to be correct, so. No, it, everything was wrong in his eyes. Yeah, and for whatever reason, during this time period, the fighting and the intensity of it and the level of it had just really it escalated. It really escalated. Um, and I think it was for the fact that he actually thought that she was cheating on him. Yeah. Now there's nothing you could find, not a lover on the side or nothing that I could see that this was even no. remotely true. Um, no, I know that he had like quizzed the kids, the neighbors. I mean, Pretty much the mailman, the milkman, I mean, everybody. He was going for it. And everyone said pretty much he was nuts because she was not cheating on him. There was no Mr. Calling. And yet when 
they were into it, his whole thing was pressuring her to get her to confess to something that was not true. He wanted a confession. Yeah. And she was not, she wasn't backing down from that. She Mm. wasn't cheating on him. No. So that wasn't really good for, um, there was no way to like dissolve this because he wasn't letting it go. No, because he did not believe that she was not cheating. Yeah. I mean, that was just like, he had it in his mind and that was that. And so in his mind, it was fact. Yeah. You know, and that everybody in the neighborhood and the milkman, the newspaper guy and everyone, (laughs) you know, was wrong. Right. Well, from one of their large arguments, when everything like calmed down and Catherine, you know, she felt more comfortable, thought things were safe. Mm -hmm. You know, they went to bed, which is like right there again, open concept. So it's like Martin's, he's still right there. But yeah, he was there and her and her daughter, they went to go ahead and go lay down to go to sleep. He's sitting at the table, pretty much across from them. And reading the Bible. And praying. Yep. Pray hard on it. At this point, nobody's speaking. Like, it's very, very quiet. That's why Catherine thought it was safe, because I guess this is kind of the MO of their arguments. Yeah. It's, this is repetitive. This is what she knows for it to be. Right. So, she went to sleep. And in that morning, about six o'clock in the morning, Martin's up. He takes a griddle pan from the stove and he goes over to Catherine Yeah, and he just, with all his might, he hits her, not just once, but twice. With his daughter laying next to him. Yeah. To her. Right there. Yeah. Um, you had found that he hit her so hard he dented it. Yeah. They said that the pan was dented and I was thinking, man, I mean, how hard, because a cast iron pan doesn't, that's a lot of force. And you would also think like cast irons back in the day were even probably heavier than they are now. Right. So that's a lot of force. And also all that force put onto her head. Could you imagine? I mean, just what what would have come of that? Like how she would have appeared after that with her daughter right there. That's a lot right there. Right. I mean, that's not just like you cracked your skull open. That's devastating. No, that's stuff's leaking out. Yeah, I could imagine that that was pretty um, bad looking. I mean, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, skin splitting, everything from the head, because it didn't say exactly where he hit her, just on the head. So I don't know if she was laying more on like if she's like a side sleeper. On her side or. Yeah. So you're getting like more of the back. And yeah. crushing the skull that way, or I would hate to think it was like the front because you had to have no face at that point. No, you wouldn't. I, I feel like from... I'm hoping she was a side sleeper or something. Yeah, I'm thinking from the medical reports that I read about this, it was more of like a side or a back. It just didn't... For whatever reason, they never take good records back then. It's just like so I generic. Because inquiring minds would like to know. It was just like hit in the head. Yeah. Like, that's it. I know. It was Can like, you give me a little more? I need I need the picture painted a little bit more for me, yeah. people. Well, after he does this, he actually tells his seven-year-old Josephine not to say a word or he's going to kill her too. Yeah. And then he leaves. Yep, just leaves. Just takes off. Josephine, I mean, she's laying next to her mom. She's with her mom trying, I can only imagine, to wake her mom up. Right. To get some sort of a response from her for about 30 minutes or so. And then she decided that it was safe enough to go and get neighbors. Yeah. And brought the neighbors to the house. Um, 
Well, yeah, and the neighbors knew something was wrong because Josephine had blood spatter all over her. Yeah, I don't see how she wouldn't since she was sleeping with her mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they went to the flat, to the house, they saw that all the children actually had blood all over them. Right. There was blood everywhere. Yes. The walls, the bed, of course, and of course on Catherine. Um, They ended up calling the police um, to let them know that it was Martin that had did this. Right. and the police even went, like, they went to the bank to see if he showed up to get some money. Yeah, they had staked it out because they mm-hmm. they figured he need, he would have needed money to go on the run. Well, a lot of people had their own ideas. I mean, some people said that he hopped onto a train. Some said he went to the swamps. Yeah. Um, there was another report that he actually traveled um, to this nearby town um, to go with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of... Like, even the police went to the other town. Like, they staked that town out in case he showed up there yeah. at his family's. But he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he show. didn't show there. Um, kind of interesting. Catherine had had gone to the police before. So, which made me think, he's been violent with her. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's gone over a few times because of him. Yeah, but she, she never wanted to press charges. But she just wanted stuff to be on the record. And that's kind of the difficult thing is not pressing the charges. I think for, I, I, it's one of those things that I always feel like it's easier to say than to do because you're not in that situation. Well, and I think too, it's hard because we're looking at through it through today's eyes and Correct. not then. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, a lot of support now for right. anybody in that type of a situation mm-hmm. um, versus 1901 when it was actually very normal in all of the readings. I mean, we we read the most ridiculous things where husbands are literally spanking their wives yeah, right? in a disciplinary action. And it's all and good. And it's all good. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous on some of the stuff that we come across yeah. that's been known as okay. Like yeah, acceptable ex- behavior. Very acceptable. You know. I mean, women are being treated like little children constantly. Yes. So... But, I mean, to go and to at least have it recognized that, I mean, that probably took a lot of courage on her part to do. That's what I was thinking. That was pretty big on her part to go and do that. I mean, she, she had to have been a pretty tough woman. I'm also thinking that if this isn't his first time, I don't know if he necessarily grabbed that pan with the intent to actually kill her. Because I'm thinking if, if this isn't his first time, he's probably used to grabbing something. And beating her with something. Right. So, you know, whether that's utensils, because the kitchen's right there. So I'm just thinking of a lot of like kitchen utensils that he's like grabbing to smack her with. Yeah. And this time it was like the pan was there. The pan was there. You know, it could have been the plate, you know, like throwing a plate or a bowl at her or a cup and, you know, it breaking. But this time it was the pan. So I just feel like he he had a habit of this if she went to the police as many times as she did in the past. Right. Yeah, no, because she just wanted to make sure if she ended up dead that they would know that Martin did it to her. Yeah, I mean, in the media, he was known as the religious slayer. Yeah, because, you know, I know I had read something like he had stayed up that whole night, like praying for answers. Yeah. And he was really upset that she wouldn't confess. The other thing I found interesting is back at this time, there wasn't really a lot of churches, even in 
when they started calling it the city of prayer in 1963, it wasn't a town known for churches, which is kind of amazing that there's so much religion in this without that many prominent churches in this area. That is interesting. Right? I, I mean, that. because I was kind of thinking it's a coal mining town. Mm-hmm. So I think there'd be a lot more bars than there would be churches. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, definitely. Well, they did find a letter on the table, mm-hmm. n- not by Martin, uh, but by Catherine. And she wrote it to her mom, oh. um, which is really sad. Um, she wrote a letter asking her to come and please help her, and that Martin had been beating her black and blue. So. I wonder if the letter set set him off. That could have been that he found that while she was sleeping or why he, you know, like he took a break from reading the Bible and mm-hmm. ended up finding it. Um, because I don't know why he would have, like the letter was left there. The authorities found it. So he could have easily seen that. That set him off. Right. And maybe just, you know, wanted to make her quiet. So or, you know, I mean, because that's also his reputation, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, even though stuff was acceptable, I don't know how widely acceptable it would be to, like, beat your wife like that. Yeah, it was also stated that he would beat her at times trying to get her to confess the name of her lover. Yeah, which is like, so I wonder, like, maybe sniff too much coal dust. I don't know. You know, I would have to think because I wonder what was wrong with him mentally. Right. You know, or maybe he was just a guy that wanted to be in control, you know. Or was he even, or was he just like brought up with this that, you know, he watched his father, you know, do the same thing, possibly. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you look at last week's story, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they blame the parents on the whole thing, pretty much the mom, right? And so it'd be, I couldn't find anything on the parents, Mm -hmm. but it would have been interesting to see how, how he was raised. Right. You know? Yeah, because all I could find was that he just came here when he was 11. He has siblings, um, but I couldn't really find much more on that. No, because I'd like to know, did the dad beat the mom? Because right. then that's just normal behavior, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, normal in the sense that's what you grew up with. So that's what you know. So you think that's okay, even though it's not. Exactly. You know. But- yeah, because I feel like there had to been something that stemmed off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also seemed like it wasn't, it wasn't really, it didn't, from all the research that I did, it didn't seem like it was very prominent in the very beginning of their marriage. It seemed to be after more, the kids. Yeah, more prominent after the kids, um, and especially recently, you know. So I know did one come out like a redhead or something? You right, know? like what made you feel? I mean, something different, right? You know, who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot that we can kind of assume with all of this, right? But either way. Martin didn't get caught. Okay. I mean, I tried forever to see like what happened. I was on a mission to figure out what I, I put in every single way of his last name that there could be yeah. nothing. Nothing. So did he hop the train, become a hobo? I mean, did he move out to the West Coast and take a new identity and just start a new life? Or did he get eaten by the alligators in the swamp? Yeah. And you know, the thing about it is, is like during this time time frame, it's so easy to recreate who you are. Yeah. I mean, you just literally move to another state and then give a new name. 
Right. There's no... And you just register within the census and then you're good to go. You are good to go. You don't need to give any other information. Nothing is really expected of you. So, I I mean, I found all the information on his family um, and they seem to all keep their names and and whatnot. But um, yeah, for him, he just like upped and disappeared and was gone. I think, I don't think he died. I think he just reinvented himself. I'm having, yeah, I really feel that he just went off, went somewhere else, another coal mining, mm-hmm. you know, area. He could would have, right, he could have went like three towns over. Yeah. And nobody would have known. And it, I never got to find out if they did find out if he got any money out of the bank. I know that they went there, but it was never reported, like, did they find anything missing? I because don't. he had money. Right? <laughs> I mean, so after all this and with the way they were living, you just assume like they were like this poor family. Yeah, no. But they weren't. They actually had a lot of money. They had a very, very large estate. Um, Which was shocking. Yeah, I did find that when Catherine had passed, um, her will went into probate. So she had something written up. I couldn't find what it was, but mm-hmm. there was something there. Um, but the sad thing was, is that because they couldn't find Martin, they couldn't declare him alive or dead or anything. Right. The kids could, they, they couldn't get to his estate for seven years. Yeah. So, I mean, so they're like poppers. Right. The, the three kids, they ended up moving into their uncle's home, Martin's brother. They moved into his house. Interesting. In, in Salem. And, um... They stayed there for quite a long time. I mean, I was reading Josephine's, like one of her last years there. She was like 17. And what was really interesting about that is the youngest daughter, Emma, they ended up calling Emma their own. Oh. And because like in the census reports, at least here in the United States, like it'll list like the head of household. And usually it always says, because they're so old, like head of household's always the husband. Right. And then you have the wife and then like daughter, son. And whatever the family members are. So Josephine was listed as a niece and so was Helen. But Emma was listed as their daughter. Probably because she was so young when it happened. They just took her in. Another interesting fact is Emma's last name wasn't Shulik. They dropped the sh and just Ulik. Interesting. Yeah. So she's a she's an Emma Ulik on a lot of like information to find. Which makes me lead. To believe that her dad didn't die. I don't know. Yeah. You never, I mean, I looked for him under Ulick too, and I couldn't find anything. I told you, ma'am, I was digging and digging. I couldn't find nothing. Nothing on this guy. And it was like, once he disappeared, that was it. Story was dropped. Yeah. But interesting. Well, it sounds like then at least the kids had a semi-decent, I mean, as, as upbringing as po- yeah. you know, possible. I mean, it seemed like they did. It seemed like at least his brother appears to have a better family (laughs) i mean i hope it wasn't financially right you know there wasn't a financial motive because it didn't say which side the money came from right it was just that there was a lot of money in the account yeah i couldn't find which side of the money either um and i couldn't really find that much on her side so i couldn't tell how many people in her family had actually immigrated to the united states so i didn't know i don't know what type of support system that she had here right Um, I know that she had her mom, but I don't know if she really had anybody else other than her mom. Right. So there was, you know, 
that probably didn't, if she didn't have really that many people, then she probably felt like she was pretty, pretty alone and did the best that she could do. Yeah. I think uh, she made friends and she was smart because she had gone to the police, but just not. Yeah. But there was no follow through. I mean, not, not victim blaming, but you know. I know. It's just sad all the way around. It's a difficult one. Yeah. But an interesting choice of a weapon. Who would have thought? Yeah. Cast iron, griddle. Man, crazy. That's a harsh blow. I think we'll go with the alligators in the swamp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for eavesdropping today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, everyone. And be safe out there. Yep, see ya. See ya.